0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. These can be essentially four-point games when, when there's uh, teams in the playoff race, and you can kind of either climb back and get closer to teams, or hop over teams and, and distance yourselves. So, um, you know, starting with the Rangers, they're they're a team that's at the top of the Metro, but um, who knows? At the end of this, we could be competing with them for a playoff spot. So, all these games are important. The road games are important. Um, I think it's a good test for us, too.
1: Oh, it is a good test. It is a good test. We talked about it the, the last couple of shows, coming out of the gates. You want to be tested, the Rangers will test you on the road. And that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. You can listen to all the coverage right here on Lightning Radio. Greg Linnelli with you, along with the radio voice of the Lightning, Dave Michigan, Steve Ersnick is our producer. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com will join us later in the program we'll get his thoughts on expectations for the Lightning from here on out and what to make of the game tonight two teams who I think before the season started had Stanley Cup aspirations and I'm not sure that has changed in fact it's probably been gaslit a little bit more as we get closer to the playoffs you start to see some teams back in action the last couple of days partner and let me bring into the broadcast as you are on location and it's always good to hear the the skates and the Mm -hmm. the shooting of the puck in the background that means we're we're closer to uh real life hockey which is going to be a lot of fun but i i think for both teams the the expectations are always high and I, i think for the lightning especially this is a good test as we talked about going against maybe an interesting choice in net for the rangers tonight
0: well, you're right, Greg. So, full disclosure, we are pre-taping. We're not pre-taping way early, but we're pre-taping as the Rangers are wrapping up an optional skate. And he will be having an optional skate here shortly. John Cooper will be talking to the media at that time. So, by the time the show airs, all of that will have already occurred. But as we have just found out, Jonathan Quick is starting tonight for the Rangers and you might say, "All right, well, look. Quick started the last two games for the Rangers. The first of those was the final game the Rangers played before the All Star break in the second half of a back to back, where Igor Shosturkin played the first half. Fair enough. Shosturkin was involved in the All Star festivities in Toronto, which concluded Saturday, and the Rangers played Monday. They were one of the first games." coming out of the break in fact one of two games so look it wasn't shocking then that quick started that game too quick won the last two they beat ottawa going into the break and then they beat colorado in overtime here at msg on monday but apparently it's not only due to the scheduling (laughs) so peter lavillette has said he's going back with jonathan quick even though shesterkin now certainly has been back from toronto for a handful of days and, look, if you just view the numbers of the two goalies, Quick has had a better year than Shesterkin. Quick is 11-4-2. He's got a 2.35 goals against and a .918 save percentage. Shesterkin, his numbers, outside of his record, he's played more than Vasilevsky, but his numbers are basically a mirror image of Vasilevsky's numbers. And let's be honest, like Vasilevsky has not been at the usual Vasilevsky level for the bulk of this year since he returned from his injury, although we feel that he is looking more like Vasilevsky recently, right? Whatever we want to say, the last month plus. Shesterkid is 19-12-1. He's got a 2.86 goals against and a point eight nine nine save percentage. So his goals against is a half a goal higher than Quicks, and his save percentage is basically... Point two lower, <laughs> 918 versus 899. Quick to Shesterkin. Now, Shesterkin has played nearly twice as many games as Quick, and the Rangers have had a great year. They're in first place. But it's clear that Laviolette is seeing something where he's not just throwing Shesterkin in there for 75, 80% of the games. And Quick has done well when he has come in. So The Lightning will see Jonathan Quick tonight. I have to be honest, Greg, I'm a little surprised. Now, look, we aren't ones to have our finger on the pulse of kind of the day-to-day swings with the Rangers. I think you had mentioned the Rangers kind of went into the break in a little bit of a, if you don't want to, we call it a slump, like they weren't necessarily playing as well as they had earlier in the year. Correct, in fact, they came in back last, to earth a little bit. Yeah, in their last 10, they're 5-4-1. They won their last two. So before that, they were 3-4-1 in their past eight. And yeah, Shesterkin has not had the sort of year that he has produced, let's say, in the last couple of years. But he has played very well against the Lightning. I mean, I am hard-pressed to think of a single game in which Igor Shesterkin has not played well against the Lightning, even in the 2022 playoff series. I mean, the Lightning lost the first two, won the next four. Shesterkin was very good in those four games. He didn't give up a lot of goals. It's just that the Lightning deed up really well. And they won, let's be honest, essentially four low-scoring games against the Rangers. The Rangers, excluding the playoff series... In their last seven regular season games against the Lightning, the Rangers are 6-0-1. We mentioned the Lightning have had trouble with the Rangers. Shesterkin has started every one of those games. And in fact, he played against the Lightning in the meeting earlier this year, which was a game right after Christmas. The Lightning have gone 13-5 and in their last 18 games. One of those five losses came against the Rangers. It was one of the games in which they allowed more than three goals. Rangers scored five on them. But the Lightning badly outshot the Rangers in that game. Shesterkin was very, very good in that game. He also got the benefit of a a generous coach's challenge call where an A.C. Monk goal was overturned. He gave up one, and that was to Kucherov on a power play the Lightning had. So speaking personally, I haven't seen this other Shesterkin, (laughs) the one that right now has lost his net. But the Rangers have. So, we're going to find out who's starting for the Lightning. By the time the show airs, I'm sure that'll be clear. If Coop mentions it, the Lightning are in a back-to-back, so it's possible they could start Johansson tonight. I'm sure that's been set, regardless of whatever the Rangers were going to be doing. But it's interesting. It's interesting that Jonathan Quick is getting the start tonight against the Lightning, not only because Shosturkin plays more than Quick, but also because Shosturkin has played very, very well against the Lightning. during. During his time in the NHL, you know NHL. it's
1: interesting because we, I'd I like to make this comment in any sport. You know, we always say the other side has players too. The other side also has coaches too, and and a lot of times that can be taken in a negative context. Because do you overthink it as a coach? Are you trying mm-hmm. to be a little too cute in this scenario? Not to take
0: anything away from quick but or is he riding the hot hand Lobby? It could be. i mean quick it is coming be. off a really good game against colorado a dangerous offensive team and, and but and go ahead sorry and, and no i
1: mean and that's fair so you have to take that all into consideration i i just look at it in a big game setting and i think anytime the lightning are in a game you want your best goaltender going against that that team uh, especially shesterkin partner because I think everybody considers Shesterkin one of the top three goaltenders in the game today. Some would put him at number one. I disagree with that because I think Vasilevsky is still that guy. But anytime you get into that conversation of elite goaltender, Shasturkin is not far behind Vasilevsky on most rankings. And if that's the case, you have a true number one and your true number one should play the majority of the games. And I think going against the elite opponents in today's game, I would qualify that the the Tampa Bay Lightning as being one of those teams, regardless of their record right now. And I understand going with a hot hand. I, I don't know. Why I I wouldn't do it. I'm not a head coach. I don't I don't have to explain myself to to people about my qualifications there from that perspective. But I do think sometimes in sports in general, I think players can overthink it. I definitely think coaches can overthink it. Sometimes you just have to play your best goaltender when the game uh, calls for it. And I think this is one of those games where. I think a lot of people were anticipating a Shisturkin Vasilevsky duel and at least on the Ranger side, we're not gonna get that. So uh Quick has I I think found some fountain of youth recently, and there's no question. I mean look, there was a lot of talk about him partner in, in LA as as somebody who was on a on a serious decline. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think he's he's started to find his game and has been very serviceable as a backup for sure. But I do think this is one of those scenarios where I I wouldn't probably overthink it, and Shostakhin would have been my choice A and choice B in a game like this
0: tonight. Well, if I'm looking at the game by game, this is the third time that Quick has had back-to-back games. And, of course, he's played the last two games in the Rangers, but those are some weird circumstances, right, on either side of the break. But if we count the last two Quick started... There have been only two other instances all year in which he has played in back-to-back games. And in one of them, he relieved Shesterkin, played the last period and a half, and then he started the next game. And then in the other, Shesterkin was injured. Shesterkin missed four games. And Quick played the first two, and then Quick was hurt. (laughs) They were both hurt for one game a game against Minnesota here at MSG, and then Quick came back and played the next game. That's been it. So this is a little bit of uncharted territory from the Rangers this year. Quick has not started three straight until right now.
1: Yeah, and is that more because he's playing well? Probably.
0: Is, yeah, is I, and, and they to want the... Chesterkin to get a little practice time, it sounds like. I mean, that's what Peter Laviolette basically indicated – Here's the tweet from Molly Walker, who's one of their beat writers, the Rangers beat writers. Lavi said this was the tentative plan to get Shesterkin some extra work with Ben Waller coming out of the break. Yeah. Coach reiterates a couple of times that Shesterkin is still their guy. Well, of course he is. But they're seeing some stuff, I guess, in his game. They want to get it ironed out, and sometimes those things can get ironed out with a little time away, right? Yeah, Working through practice, working extra with the goalie coach. He's been away. I mean, they're coming off their bye week. All that is true. But I think if you're the lightning, (laughs) I mean, let me put it to you this way. They aren't disappointed, probably, that Chesterkin is not in the net tonight.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't
0: care. Based on what they've seen from him. Jonathan Quick has had a very good year, though. So we'll see how he does. The Lightning also have to worry about what happens Jonathan, at quick. their end of the ice because the Rangers have had their number in the 6 one stretch. Not only have the Lightning struggled to score against Shosturkin, the Lightning have had at points in some of these games a difficult time containing what the Rangers do offensively and specifically Mika Zibanejad. And that is tied to the Rangers' power play, which has tended to do quite well against the Lightning during this stretch of time. Zibanejad in those seven regular season games in which the Rangers have gone 6-0-1 against the Lightning, Zibanejad has 11 points. He's really hurt the Lightning.
1: They're dynamite from that perspective, and we've talked about this too, five on five, maybe the Lightning, do they have an advantage? You mentioned the power play and how good it's been. You know, look, Trocek's been a big part of that too, winning face-offs. And he's come in and, and really done well from that perspective as well. And so when you have these offensive zone opportunities in the other team's zone and you control play for two minutes because you're winning some faceoffs and then you factor in the skill that they have on the mm-hmm. ice, you can see why they're so impactful. And I really like Trocek as a player. And I think he's, he's, he's been, having a great year. Yeah, he's, he's a tremendous addition to that team. I think he's one of those players. I think when you look at what his game is about, it's it screams two-way play but also can be a difference maker in the playoffs. And I, I think that's something that uh, the Rangers are very excited about.
0: By the way, you know what forward leads the Rangers in average ice time per game? It's not Panarin. It's not it's a bandage ad. It's Trocheck. Yeah.
1: And that, I mean, that in some ways, that makes some sense.
0: Yeah. He plays in all situations. He plays penalty kill. Correct. Certainly, he's on the power play. He's out for important faceoffs. He's having his best ever year in the circle, as he comes in just a nick under sixty-two percent. His previous high was good, fifty-six point one percent, but improving by over five and a half percent. And I mean, it's it's a pretty big sample size we've got going right now. Right, we're two-thirds of the way through the season, and Trocheck has taken a lot of faceoffs, so this I is mean, no fluke. That he's at 61.8 percent no so that explains why Lavi led is leaning on him he is
1: when you take a look at his, his two years or his year plus with the rangers he's basically at like 58 percent winning face-offs that's like five percentage points above his career average so he's yeah he's doing really well in that area in addition to scoring some points which you know he did that at a at a pretty good pace last year and you know he's going to look to continue to do that again you know this year 46 points through 50 games he's on pace for that might be next to his his one year in Florida when he had 75 points through 82 that he's on pace to have his best offensive season mm-hmm. uh, in the National Hockey League so I, I think there's a lot of uh positive things going with them and I you know look we talked about this too. With the Rangers, they're probably a team that's going to look to add to see yes. if they can if they can go for it. And I, I don't think dissimilar to the Tampa Bay Lightning in many ways, as we said. Uh, these are two teams who have Stanley Cup aspirations, and I think they're going to look to do everything they can to to make that right. So we'll see how it plays out tonight. Um, I agree with you, though, about Jonathan Quick. I, he may be playing well. He may have played well against the Lightning, but he is not Shusterkin. Shusterkin at any point can dominate a game quick. There's a reason why he's a backup at this point. And while he's playing well, I do think the Lightning should look at this and say, okay, um, he's, he's a good goaltender, but he's not
0: Igor. And we'll see how it plays out, you know, tonight. We'll, we'll recap it tomorrow. And with the benefit of 2020 (laughs) hindsight, we'll see (laughs) if the Rangers made the right choice or maybe things might've unfolded differently. Had they started Chesterkin. Uh, I think another storyline going into this game, and we'll see how much of a factor it's going to be. We can talk about it tomorrow when we recap the game. The fact that the Rangers have had a game under their belt and the Lightning have not. Good point. Did you see the Panthers lost at home to the Flyers to the yesterday? Flyers. Two to one, yeah. And, and Paul Maurice, after the game, basically said, we look like a team that have been off the ice for a week. I mean, they'd had some practice, some practice. The Lightning actually got two full days of practice. Correct. And then they'll have an optional skate today. The, The Panthers had a day before their game. But every team is kind of in the same boat coming out of the bye. But if you start a little bit later, and the Lightning are not starting much later, but they're starting a little bit later, they're facing a team that has already played. How much of a factor will that be particularly early in the game? And we're going to find out. But I don't think that that is an insignificant
1: storyline
0: going into this game. I think you
1: bring up a good point. I think, that's, I think that will be a factor. Because we can't say it's not going to be a factor for tonight's game. But we have said over the course of covering hockey, whenever a team has a long break, hey, look, whenever a team has a long road trip and they come back and play that first game, on home ice, or the second game of a back-to-back, we always talk about whether it's the conditioning in a in a good or or a bad way. And in those instances, we do see sometimes teams don't play particularly well because of the circumstance. the the same logic would apply tonight for the Lightning. The key would be, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, Dave, what is the how long or how quickly can the Lightning get into their game tonight, and making sure that if the Rangers are pushing play they're not they're not playing with a a pretty significant lead assuming they have one you know it's it's one of those things where if the rangers because they've already played are a little more crisp and what does that mean to start the game does that mean they're they're really dictating play and they're out shooting tampa bay 10 to 2 in the first eight minutes the key will be in that in that situation if it does happen the lightning not allowing the rangers
0: to have kind of that snowball effect yeah, it's game timing. I think that's what it is. Correct. And that's hard to replicate in a practice. And you can lose it a little bit when you've been off. I mean, you don't even have to be off a week to 10 days. You can, you can have some game timing issues when maybe you have four to five days off. Players are creatures of routine. They're used to playing basically every other day or maybe every third day. When it goes to every fifth or sixth day, that makes a difference.
1: It does. And I'm hearing a little feedback, but that's okay. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. I do want to get to a couple of questions here on Twitter, and then hopefully Eric Earlinson will join us. Much better. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Anthony says Not a good record against the Rangers since the series win. Hopefully, it changes tonight. I don't see Mott as a third-line center. He's too small. I would assume JGB, JBB is thinking about that position a lot. Too many forwards if you include Merla and Chafee.
0: Well, we have Eric ready, but I'll just address this. I, I've liked Mott in the middle. I think like what I've said about AC Mott, when AC Mott is on the ice, stuff happens. <laughs> and usually it's it's way more good stuff than not good stuff. I kind of feel the same way to an extent with Mott. Look, Anthony is right. Mott is not a a big guy, but he plays with pace. He plays a hard-nosed game. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty. And him being in the middle has coincided with the Lightning winning more than they have been losing. So personally, I don't mind him in the middle, but I'm going to defer to Julian about kind of – what he might be looking to do with the deadline regarding depth or, or reconfiguring the deck chairs about who he feels may need to go where. But speaking personally, like, Mott has played a lot with Sherry and AC Mott. I think that's been a pretty good line for the Lightning when they've been together. Not some to mention his work on the penalty kill, usually some, with Glenn Denning.
1: Yeah, some speed and some other things as well. Um. No, we'll, keep, we'll keep that moving forward for sure. But let's bring in Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com as we get ready for the game tonight. And it's good to be with you, buddy. And uh, I know you're going to be live at the game covering these two teams. Mish and I were, were talking about it before. Two teams with uh, Stanley Cup aspirations. I don't think that's changed as we approach the all-star break here or beyond it. And um, I think a good measuring stick. Although it's always interesting, you know, how the Lightning are going to respond after having a few days off that first game back.
2: Not just a few days off, but integrating old players back into the new lineup, right? Because we expect Sergachev would be ready tonight. We expect Chernak to be ready to come back as well. Uh, defense has really been pretty good while those two guys have been out. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's always a challenge with the time off and, and now trying to get these new guys back into the lineup. The Rangers already have a game under their belt post-All-Star game. They played on Monday night against Colorado, won that game in overtime. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge tonight for Tampa Bay, not just the opponent, but some of those other obstacles that are in front of them.
0: Yeah, we just touched on that, Eric. And I do think that it's at least a storyline heading into the game. We'll see if it's a storyline by the end of the game, <laughs> if, if it had an impact on, on the final score. But for a team that has had a long layoff facing a team that has already gotten a game under its belt, how long do you think it's going to take for Lightning players to get into kind of game flow?
2: Uh, usually, about the 10 minute mark is when you start to look for that. How is a team reacting? How are their legs? What's the pace of play that they're at, especially against a Rangers team that's already back up to game speed? You know, can you get through those first five to 10 minutes? Uh, with and find your legs on I mean, you, find some of that rhythm too. They had a good rhythm going before the break, obviously, the wins were there, but also the manner in which they were playing the defensive pairings for the first time in a while were pretty uh consistent over this this past stretch here where they were winning some games and so are the line combinations as well. So, uh, it, it is a lot uh, to kind of get back into a flow. But I look for the first 10 minutes of the game to see how the lightning's legs if they have their skates under them quick enough,
1: E. When you look at The back end potentially moving forward, getting healthy at the right time. Uh, It is going to be interesting because I think sometimes we forget the impact that Sergachev and Chernak can make, how they're going to look when they do return to the lineup and the overall impact that back end will have because now you've acquired some serious depth with those younger players, but you also are going to be getting two veteran defenders who – uh, their pe- pedigrees are pretty high.
2: Yeah, both helped this uh, team win some some championships, uh, a couple of Stanley Cup titles under their belt. Interesting to see them paired together yesterday or Monday, rather than at practice when they came back. So looks like there'll be a uh, a, a unit uh, going into tonight's game, but especially on the penalty kill. I mean, that's where you really miss those guys. It's been on the penalty kill because they take some of those big minutes back there. And uh, it was interesting, though, to listen to, to Sergeyev on Monday when we had a chance to talk to him for the first time since he was injured about how, when he got the injury, it, it, it was kind of good for him to get a mental break from it. Uh, it got kind of frustrated for him as the injury didn't get any better and he kind of had to push back and get off the ice for a while. So we know he wasn't at the top of his game before he got injured. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts now, having talked to him, having listened to him, having gone through the situation. If his game is kind of back to where the Mikhail have, we know who, who he can be and the impact he can have. If that's going to be the guy that the Lightning get, that's a really good sign.
0: Are you surprised the lightning you're seeing Jonathan Quick tonight?
2: A little bit, yeah, uh, because uh, Quick got the last start before the All-Star break. He started on Monday and then obviously three starts in a row now over Igor Shesterkin. But in listening to Peter Laviolette this morning, he tried to say that this was something that they had planned something they wanted Shesterkin to work with uh, their goalie coach um, to kind of get some more time in, because his numbers are not what we're used to seeing from him. He's not the Vezina uh, candidate that we're used to seeing from Shesterkin. So they have that sort of going for them. But, uh, I mean, and you look at the numbers, too. Quick's numbers have been better than Shesterkin's this year. He's actually had uh, the better game. So in a way, he's kind of earned this opportunity, too. But you'd have figured, because we see it from the other side, you want Shesterkin to face Fazalesti, right, because that should get his game up. But I guess that's not the case.
1: Eric Rollinson from lightninginsider.com Insider dot com joins us, and, and he, that's what I was saying before with the the goaltender decision uh, by Laviolette. When you talk about Quick over Shostak, that it, it may be the right choice, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow, obviously, but it also could be a situation where you know sometimes a coach overthinks a little too much when you when you start breaking down your opponent and and who gives you the best chance to win. We'll find out, but. You know, this this does happen from time to time when, you know, coaches, they make a decision and, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out
2: that's that's the nature of being the decision maker <laughs> Not every decision works out for you. just ask my wife she makes most of the decisions for us <laughs> uh they don't always work out for her either but uh, most of the time they do but um i mean that's what they get paid for they get paid to make these decisions they know their personnel better certainly than we do we don't watch the rangers on a consistent basis so they must see something in shesterkin's game that they're trying to get him back to so you know he was in the all-star game he did have some work in over the break um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it no, nonetheless, it is still an interesting decision because especially in this market, when the guy and Shosturkin and Lavillette made sure to say that he's still their guy, um, in this market, it creates a goalie controversy. And, and I think when that starts to creep in, you know, sometimes it can affect the locker room too.
0: Eric, a question that we kind of posed legitimately, but also just to think about at the end of yesterday's show was the playoff picture in the East. And as I look at it right now, Montreal is a point back of Washington, but they played two more games. And, and just for the sake of this question, I'm going to draw a line between Washington and Montreal. So if we draw the line under Washington, you got 12 teams vying for eight spots in the East a month from now. Let's see at the trade deadline. Do you feel there are still going to be 12 teams in contention for eight, or is that number going to be lower? And if it's lower, what teams do you think might slip out of the race?
2: I think it will be lower. Um, I think Buffalo starts to fall by the wayside, and you know, we'll see what they do with the trade deadline expectations with them. Uh, we'll see what happens with Ottawa. I think Ottawa's a team that you know they play well of late, but they're so far behind. You know, Once you get to a point where you know you can't catch up, you know, do you play with the same sort of oomph in your game? Uh, so I think that number will definitely drop uh, below the 12, maybe to, 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 you know, 10 or 11 uh, at the most. Um, you know, the interesting one for me is, is the Atlantic Division, right? Because who's going to finish third? If, if you consider Florida and Boston as the top two teams, uh, and they'll finish that way in some capacity, once you get to the end of the regular season, is it Tampa Bay that's third? Is it Toronto that's third? Is it Detroit that's third? I mean, there's uh, there, there might be one of those teams right there on the outside looking in when you get to the postseason, depending on
1: how the second half goes. Eric Arlington joins us here on Power Lunch on Lightning Radio, getting you set for Lightning and Rangers tonight. And, you know, E, I think for the Lightning starting to play the way I think some of us anticipated uh, earlier in the year, uh, the last couple of weeks, it's been, it's been pretty good. What do you think has been the catalyst for that? Is it just been... <laughs> the team finally figuring things out Uh, are they being led in large part by their goaltending and specifically Vasilevsky or do you feel like there's there's more to it there
2: Uh, I think Nikita Kucherov is a driving force you know you look at the season he's had and and everything else and and, you know he's he's wearing that a this season for a reason because I think he is more of a leader than maybe he has been in past years and you know it's it's crazy for me to think that You know, here we are just after the All-Star break on the seventh highest scoring team in the league. He's got 31 more points than his next closest teammate. Uh, That tells you something about the kind of year that he's having. So I think he's been a driving force. Uh, I think getting Andre Vasilevsky back to the more consistent style of play and level of play that we're used to seeing from him. I mean, that stop he made uh, towards the end of the second period the other night against the, the Devils, you know, on a breakaway when it's a 2-0 game. I mean, he doesn't make that stop. Who knows where it goes? We're used to seeing him make that stop, and he made it. Uh, so that's that's a big sign for me. And, you know, you've heard the players a couple of times here in the last uh, number of games talk about some tweaks to the system that they've made. I think that's made a difference. I think they're not giving up as many of those high danger chances that we're used to seeing them doing. Uh, so I, I think that's been a been factor. Too. They played play better in front of their goal. And their goalies played better behind them.
0: The Lightning have some high quality opposition coming up starting tonight in the next six. They play a handful of first place teams. They got Florida in there, a second place team. How impactful will this stretch be for Julian Breezeball as far as what he may look to do or not do at the deadline?
2: Can I talk to you after the six games are done?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
2: Um, I mean, I mean, look, obviously, if they go 0-6, I mean, that's going to raise some eyebrows. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but if that is the situation, maybe he thinks differently. Otherwise, unless they hit hit the bottom in this six game stretch I don't think it changes anything Julian has in mind I think him and his, his staff have already sort of identified areas that they would like to address if they feel they need to to make them a better team uh, so I, I, even if they go three and three on the stretch if they go four and two on the stretch I, I think that uh, I think that the staff knows exactly what they have and if there's areas that they feel they need to, to address they've already talked about addressing them so I don't think it changes it too much
1: you know, to that point, A, we were talking about this the last couple of days, and Mish brought up a, a good point about the year they acquired Savard, and uh, I'm paraphrasing, but Julian was, was basically saying, had I not, you know, gone after him, uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself and again I'm paraphrasing because you know we were going for it and I felt like getting the best player available which at the time might have been Savard for the Lightning was the way to do it but that team was pretty stacked do you feel like it's best player available for the Tampa Bay Lightning if they make a move or do you feel like it's going to be more of a need and that may answer your question or give us some insight on how you look at this roster do you feel like there are still holes or do you feel like if they do get something, it's more of, hey, let's, it, we don't necessarily need them to address that position. It's more about getting the best player available.
2: To me, when you go into the deadline, most of the time, it's what area of need do you need to strengthen? And I think even going back to that Savard move, I think that was their biggest area that they needed was a right-hand shot defenseman. And, and you certainly saw it with a number of games that Calfoot played after Savard uh, was acquired. So to me, I think that's how he approaches it. What area do we need to improve at to be a better team? That's, that's why they went out and got Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow. They felt that they needed sort of gritty type players, players that are hard to play against. Uh, so that was an area they felt they needed. He went out and addressed it. So I, I think just trying to look into the way Julian has handled the deadline the last number of years, I think it does come down to what area do they need uh, to address to make themselves better. And if I'm looking at this roster, this team right now, to me, it's probably right-side depth. Uh, certainly, they were able to get through it with Chernak out for a number of games, and Max Crozier played tremendous while he was here. But if there's an area that I was looking at, it would it would be that side of the defense. But guess what? So are many, many other teams looking at the same area. So do the Lightning even have enough capital to be able to think about that?
0: If the Lightning can get into the playoffs, do you think the fact that, and specifically I'm, I'm talking about Purvix and Radish last year, showed very well in their first NHL playoff series, playing their first ever NHL playoff games. Do you think that might give the Lightning confidence that if they have to lean on a younger guy, whether it's a Lilleberg or any of these other defensemen who came up, that they can perform and do well in a playoff game situation?
2: I think so. You know, especially you look at the way that, I mean, and the thing that impresses me so much more about like Crozier coming up is he played with Lilleberg while he was here. So those two were pairing at the NHL level and they played well together. So yeah, I think that in watching those younger players come up and play and show that they can work in this system and have some impact in the game, I think it would if, so let's say a trade doesn't materialize, I think that they would be comfortable if you have to play those guys. Uh, You know, it's just a question of how many minutes uh, can you do it. Uh, We all know that the playoff is a different intensity, a different atmosphere for players to deal with. So there are some of those variables that come into it. But I think for the most part, I, I think having watched these guys play this year, I think that they would be comfortable if they can't uh, pull off a move to put in a, a Crozier or a Lilleberg, or, uh, you know, even a Declan Carlisle, somebody to come up and, and played some games.
1: You take a look at the Eastern Conference, some games already being played, teams getting off to a, a decent start. We saw the uh, the Flyers get a win, and they're fighting for their playoff lives. How are you... Looking at the at the East here is e, as, as we kind of get through the next thirty two games for Tampa Bay and just kind of in general overall.
2: Yeah, it, it's tight. I mean, you know, going back to Dave's question about you know looking at the Eastern Conference and how many teams will be there. Uh, there's going to be some good teams on the outside looking in. I mean, even the Devils. You know, they beat the Avalanche last night, and um, you know that's not an easy team to beat. And um, so it, it's going to be a very tight race down the end. It's, it's exactly I think the way if you want to talk about how the league set things up. Uh, in terms of parity, I think this is a, a perfect example of it because you're probably going to have five, five or six teams competing for a wild card, card wild card spot, and only two of them are going to make it. So uh, it's going to be a fun race to watch, uh, and hopefully the lightning on the inside of that race. Did
1: you get any bagels with cream cheese while you were in New York, here, or what?
2: I got Dunkin' man. You got Dunkin'. Uh- Erlinson runs on Duncan. What can I say? Erlinson runs on Duncan.
1: I love it. Well, look, we're going to talk to you tonight throughout the broadcast. And uh, I know you're going to be uh, at the game tomorrow as well as the lighting will take on the Islanders. So we'll be having you live on the road, which will be a lot of fun.
2: Sounds fun, man. I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since I've been in a road game. So uh, this, is, this will be fun for me, too.
1: Yeah. Stay out of trouble.
2: I will try my best.
1: All righty. Thank you, sir. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com joining us on uh, the program right now. And yeah, anytime you get a chance to go to New York. Is New York, partner, is there anything you'd like to do when you when you get into the, around Madison Square Garden? You know, is there is there a spot? Maybe a cup of coffee? Breakfast? Maybe, maybe not. I think we might have lost connection with Dave. That's okay at Pulter Radio, If you want to get involved uh, in the conversation, you certainly can. Uh, we have a couple of questions I want to get to uh, that came from Basil. But if, if a few of you had uh, some comments, we want to get it. By the way, happy birthday to Stephen Stamkos. Steve Ersnick, our, our producer, uh, let us know there. Stammer, uh, early 30s, right? So, hey, good for him. Still playing at a pretty high level for sure. And we have... Uh, Mish back I was yeah it looks I'm like here. I dropped when Eric hung up I'm not sure if he I can't blame you cast a spell on me He might have I, I, I was gonna ask you if you had like a spot you'd like to go to when you're in New York yeah. like, you know, for some coffee or
0: yeah there you know. well if we stay in the same hotel usually I know the area and the lightning bit at this hotel which is only a couple blocks away from MSG. Yeah. Uh, for the last few years. So, yeah, I mean, look, in Manhattan, there's always a coffee shop close and you don't have oh, to sure. go to Dunkin Donuts, but you could go to Dunkin Donuts. You could. You could. I'm actually looking. There's a Dunkin Dasher board here in Madison Square Garden. So Dunkin is making sure that it has a presence in the city that never sleeps. I am a runner, as you know, and I even do. though Manhattan is filled with a lot of traffic lights and and cars and congestion. You can find running spots whether it's Central Park or along the Hudson or along the East River, or either side depending on what you're closest to. And so you can run in New York. Do you go I to Central, Central Park enjoy doing and run? That. Do you like do you like it in there? Is it is it is it safe in Central Park still? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not running at night, but <laughs> the, no, the of course not. MSG MSG is. A little bit far from Central Park, like just to get to Central Park, probably now would be enough of a run for me. (laughs) But there was a time when the lightning stayed very close to Central Park and I'd go through the park. Now I I head to the river, which is a couple of blocks away. Sure. No, that makes sense. And you can just run. I mean, there's no there's no red light to worry about. You know, it's just a path. You're just going. So that's nice. I, I will say and I was born in the city. And lived here until I was nine. I'm not sure if this would be the place that I would want to live now. I mean, I'm no longer a kid holding mom's hand, right? (laughs) It's true. Walking down the sidewalks. But look, it's a city that some people love, but it's not a city for everyone. It's not easy to get into. That's for sure. I mean, the train does make it easier, but driving into the city can be a challenge. So if you're not living in Manhattan and you have to work in Manhattan, that's something that you have to factor in. And if you do live in Manhattan and your workplace is not close to where you live, getting around Manhattan can be a challenge too if you're not taking the subway. So, but that comes with living in a big city and and this is one of the biggest cities, if not the biggest, right? That's right. Is this still the number one market in the U.S.? Hmm. Steve might know that.
1: I don't know. Answer. I don't know. It's big. We know that. Basil says, uh, regarding yesterday's show, Caps and Islanders seem to be the most likely to fade in the second half. Both have huge negative goal differentials, difficult to sustain success in the long term if that's who you are. He also said, must admit being nervous about Sergey's return. Bolts are having their most success of the season because they are minimizing mistakes on defense. Sergei's very prone mistakes, and I'm worried his return may
0: result in a relapse to early bad habits. Well, I think we addressed yesterday, Basil. We're going to have to wait until we see both Sergeyev and Chernak play to assess what their return will mean and how long it's going to take for them to, however you put it yesterday, Greg, kind of get to their pedigree. And I think Sergeyev has had an off year. I think he would have yeah. Admit that and agree to that as well. And I don't know why. So maybe this is a good reset for him, as yeah. Eric talked about.
1: You know, sometimes when an athlete is struggling, especially one that's had a lot of success, you often hear the coach and it maybe even the player, I've got to simplify things. I'm doing too much. I mean, that's you can take that however you want. But I think for somebody like Sergeyev, what made the Lightning a lot better when these recent call-ups were brought up to the big club a lot of people notice they're making the, the simple play it didn't happen every time we, we saw moments where they got hemmed in their own zone and the opposition made them pay but if you're making a simple play you're not trying to make five passes in your own zone while you're being pressured that maybe you're you're just getting that puck out and and that's kind of how you're dealing with it then i think that's maybe something that sergachev and even chernak can look at and say that's that's what we need to do with our game and kind of go from there so i think simplifying things you know basil for me would be a priority and let's hope it happens sooner rather than later because if that's the case i think the lightning collectively on the back end will be in much
0: better shape as it relates to his point about the islanders and I tend to hold judgment on a team until I've seen that team with my own two eyes. And the Lightning will play one of their three games against the Islanders, still to be played this year, tomorrow night. I'm willing to give some rope as far as their goal differential for a couple of reasons. First of all, Ilya Sorokin is a heck of a goaltender. I mean, I'm not sure if he is considered in the same class as the other two Russians that we've been talking about today, Vasilevsky and Shostorkin, but Sorokin is legit. So I'm not sure if he has had a little bit of an off year. It's been the team in front of him. They're just not scoring enough. But when you have a Sorokin, I think you are capable of keeping the other team's goal number down. The other part is they made a coaching change. So Patrick Waugh, is going to try and improve that goal differential Basel, And he may be very successful at doing it, as opposed to kind of we see this team for what it is 50 games into the season with the same coach, the same players. Now you you change things a little bit. New coach comes in, wants to maybe tweak some things, fresh ideas, different voice. I think it's possible to to kind of turn the ship around. It tends to be easier to turn the ship around if the coaching change is made earlier in the season than later in the season. Look at Edmonton, right? When they had their winning streak end last night, but it was still a game in which they only allowed two. The third goal went into an empty net. So they have defended so much better than they were defending at the start of the year, and I think a lot of credit goes to Chris Knobloch. Right, but they brought him in in, in what November? Yeah. Right. So it took a little while. Sure.
1: Makes sense. Sometimes it takes a little longer than everybody wants, but you know, something to uh, to keep an eye on for sure moving forward. That's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Tonight, today, we'll be with you tonight for the broadcast. Lightning and Rangers should be a good one. We'll have the call for your pregame is going to start at. 6.30, and uh, Dave will have the call starting at 7, and then we'll be back at it again tomorrow in this setting, and then getting ready for a game. And
0: Steve Versick tells me we have a few minutes, so I did want to get to a couple more questions. But the game Yeah, tomorrow. and by the, way, by the way, Greg, optional skate, it's a very well-attended optional skate for the Lightning, and Johansson is in the net, the only goalie out there. So don't take Ooh. it to the bank until John Cooper says it. <laughs> Vasilevsky's starting tonight. Well, and you know what? That was one
1: of the topics we discussed you know what would we do what would john cooper do and if that if that holds true i actually think that's the right decision but you know and look that's in some ways that's a compliment to to Johansson as well the fact that we were even considering you know maybe he goes uh tonight i I think speaks to his play but you also come back with a really good goaltender tomorrow with an opportunity to hopefully munch some more points uh, Peyton says, what are your thoughts on a possible expansion team in Salt Lake City? And what does this mean for the Lightning? Does it hurt them or help them in the future? I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah. if you're talking about a, another yeah, team, I'm not an expansion sure. expansion draft involved
0: with that. Let me just so. jump in real quick here, Greg. Peyton, I'm not sure that, that necessarily the team in Salt Lake would be an expansion team. I mean the Good the chatter was that maybe they looked to move Arizona. I'm not sure if Arizona would buy into that or Gary Batman would buy into that, but around that that news about Salt Lake it might be not an expansion team, it may just be may just be a relocation, but early days for sure.
1: How would that affect the Lightning? Uh, again, if it's just a new team, you're talking about probably an expansion draft, but Um, If it's a team that's just moving, I don't, to your point, partner, that there's probably less of an impact, I think, from that perspective. Uh, Mark asks, and this was from yesterday, anything on what move the team would make to be under the cap when Sergachev does come um, back from LTI? I assume he'll be removed by tonight so he can play. What are you hearing?
0: Nothing yet. In Nothing fact, as I, we checked cap-friendly before we went on the air, and is still on long-term injury. So unless anybody has some breaking news here, they will need to make a corresponding move when Sergeyev is activated to become cap-compliant. Correct.
1: Um, Anthony also says, Sherry with a no-trade clause. Looks like ABB is the odd man out, but we'll see. P.S. Sergei needs to play solid. A lot of people already counted him out.
0: Hopefully he hits the reset button. Well, well, I think he hopes that too. I, mean, I, think, I think he's going to be very excited to to play. It's no fun sitting out one game. He sat out 17 games. That's a lot of games. Yeah.
1: He not only sat out those games, but uh, to the point that we've made, I don't think he was particularly happy with his play up to that point. Would you agree? I would agree. I I think so. You have kind of this weird combination of maybe you're not finding your game, then you get injured, and that's probably the worst thing that you can do as a professional athlete is that you're sitting at home and you're thinking about wanting to get back on the ice but also understanding you haven't played particularly well up to Mm -hmm. this point. That should have somebody who's pretty motivated to come out here and, and perform well. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that that all transpires um, for the Lightning and for Sergachev. As we've talked about before, Sergachev is a, a big part and is getting paid, by the way, that way, to be a, a pretty yes. big part of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we'll kind of see how things play out. I did want to give people an update on the standings just a bit here because, as we said, the, the Lightning, kind of the first game back uh, in action from the All-Star break. But we've seen some teams play already. Uh, The Bruins are still leading the way in the Atlantic with 71 points through 50. The Panthers are at 66 through 50 games, and the Lightning are in third at 59 points through 50 games. Both, uh, I shouldn't say, all three of those teams, uh, pretty good uh, plus-minus goal differential. The, The Bruins are at plus 42. The Panthers are at plus 30. The Lightning are at plus 11. What's interesting about that, every team right now that is holding a top 8 uh, seed has a positive goal differential except mm-hmm. for the flyers
0: they're even they're yeah. e-
1: they are even so in fact the team that the Lightning are going to see tomorrow the islanders i mean they're hovering around a playoff spot with 54 points the red wings are occupying that uh, last wild card spot with 58 the islanders are a minus 22 so, you know, we have these conversations about teams that are fading and, and which ones are more legit than the others. I, I do think that goal differential is a is an interesting indication and might be pretty telling because we had the, the conversation yesterday. Like, you know, the Islanders, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on them. I think the Capitals, I'm lukewarm on them. The Capitals are a minus 34. Yeah. That's those stats don't lie. And I think in addition to how many games they have in hand, their goal differential, meaning the Pittsburgh Penguins at plus 15, is a reason some are saying, I I think they've
0: got a chance to make the playoffs this year. Well, I mentioned when we headed into the bye and the All-Star break that the Penguins have a path. I mean, the Flyers slumping open the door. Now, the Flyers had a road win last night. But the fact remains that I think it is set for the Penguins... I mean, they can't be mezza-mezza. They have to be good, if not better than good. But if they're good down the stretch, I think there's an opportunity for them to get into the top eight. The other thing that you just mentioned, looking at the standings, remember when the Lightning had all those extra games and teams were, you know, three, four, five, six games in hand on them? Most of the teams, if they're not right with the Lightning at 50, You mentioned the Bruins and Panthers are at 50, as are the Lightning, as are the Rangers, as are the Red Wings. Islanders are at 50. The teams that aren't at 50 are within a couple of games of 50. So other teams have caught up to the Lightning. So now it's a little bit easier to compare apples to apples. For sure.
1: That That makes some sense because that was always one of the things we've talked about. With, with games being played and, and where a, a team is. Eventually, teams are going to get caught up with you and you're going to get caught up with some of these other teams. You want to kind of uh, string some wins together, which is one of the things we've always talked about with the Lightning this year. And, and finally, over the last couple of weeks, that has materialized and it's allowed them to not really lose a ton of ground. In fact, you can make a case they're gaining ground um, with, with the streak that they've been on, uh, and they want to continue that tonight. So... Uh, we'll see how that plays out, but I, I wanted to at least look at those standings because those are mm-hmm. some of the things that we had discussed yesterday, and when you actually look at some of those numbers and how does it translate, uh, it, it kind of jives a little bit with the eye test with some of these teams and kind of where they are, and uh, if the Lightning can continue their trend moving forward, I, I, I think they're going to continue to be in a good spot, and, and who knows where you know, they may finish, and uh, we'll have uh, more of those discussions Uh, moving forward. Uh, This question, let me see here as I scroll through our Twitter feed, coming from, we answered Mark's question. This one comes from Dale. He also wants to know what's going to happen with ABB being the odd man out and Connor Sherry's play moving forward. Well, I I feel like Sherry's been a hot topic. Sergeyev has been a hot topic. In terms of uh, the first fifty games, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mainly, I think with Sherry, it's the contract,
0: and he has one goal. I mean, I think people are looking at that and, for sure, and for they sure. were hoping for more production. And he hasn't played all fifty. To your point, yeah. he missed some time due to injury.
1: You know, with with Sherry, I I think for him, it's more about using his speed and creating some chances offensively i don't really look at him as a finisher even though he's had some some moments in the nhl where he's hit 20. i look at him as somebody who can help him in the opposition with that speed being the first on a four check and has enough offense where he can keep the opposing team honest so to speak i i think that's how i look at him and listen i anticipate him him being better the second half of the year partner because the bar was pretty low through the first half, and we talked about yeah. that. It might have been some inconsistent play, but it also probably was some injuries related to that. And I think also, too, when you're new, it's not always a slam dunk. You're going to come in and do well. It's just sometimes it takes a little bit of time, and I, I think for him, it, it probably has. And Sherry has enough experience where you're probably also going to judge him at least this year. If you get to the playoffs, when they do get to the playoffs, you're probably going to judge him on how he performs there more so than what he has done during the regular season. Because a good portion of that has already been lost to injuries. Um, so that's how I kind of look at Sherry. Sergachev. we've talked about. I mean, there's, there's no yeah. question. There's the, he's probably the one player we're all looking at and, and saying, OK, what else do you have left in the tank for a guy like that to finish out the regular season? can it get to that level that a lot of people will look at and say, you know, can be elite and time will tell
0: time. Will we are going to have some material to work with starting yeah. tomorrow on the show because yeah. Trinek and Sergeyev will have played a game and,
2: and we'll see how fun. they look.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. You can listen to the broadcast here on these airwaves. We'll be back at it again tomorrow in this setting partner, noon to one talking about uh, the game. Hopefully it's a win. If not, we'll, uh, We'll be straight shooters and tell you what we saw, and uh, we'll get it done. But I will talk to you tonight. Talk to you tonight. From the booth. Appreciate you. Thanks to Steve Ersnick, our producer. Thanks to Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com. He joined us earlier in the broadcast. Of course, again, if you want to hit us up on X, please do at Bolts Radio. I am Greg Linelli. You've been listening to Power Lunch right here on Lightning Radio.